Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So if you go back in time, after they launched the rover to Mars, which you remember Dr. James Green was on the air with us for the launch. He was the chief scientist at NASA, has since retired. But I want to say it was right after that is when all the talk about launching the Webb telescope started. And we got a phone call from Dr. Amber, who works at NASA, and was like, I work on that team. And that was that was long before it had even, even launched. And it just kind of started coming into the news that there was this new telescope that was going up, and we were going to be able to see all kinds of things. So we've had a, uh, a beautiful, loving relationship with Dr. Amber uh, since that started. And now the images are coming back from the Webb telescope. And lo and behold, all over, all over the world yesterday, as those images are out, they're showing clips of NASA TV. And front and center is Dr. Amber. Hey, Dr. Amber. Hey, good morning. How are you? Wow, I am great. What a great day we had yesterday. Well, first of all, congratulations. I feel like, I, I mean, listen, for us, it's awesome, right? For us, just see, just being able to see the images is awesome. I feel fortunate and going like, hey, I feel like I know somebody who's behind the scenes. I was not expecting you to be the spokesperson for what was going on yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm one of a few, a few of us scientists at NASA that, that end up doing this kind of thing. But yeah. These images are beautiful. It was a fun day. Hey, are, did you? can I ask you a question before we get into some of the stuff we saw yesterday? Can I ask you a personal question? Yep, sure. When you saw, I mean, obviously you saw the images that, although Tyler's going to tell you, I questioned whether you had seen the images. <laughs> um, you saw the images before that first one was released on Monday, correct? Yeah, I did. How long ago did you see them? Um, they started coming in one by one uh, to uh, some of us internal NASA folks about a week, a week and a half ago, I guess. When you first saw, and I don't know which was the first image you saw, and it's not really important, but when you saw the first image of all of your hard work and your team's hard work, and you saw those images come back, did you cry? <laughs> um, I have to admit I did, yeah. Yeah. I. By yeah. the way, I... I, I I would have expected nothing less than to say that you did that. I mean, that's years and years of work and planning. 
And so many things had to go right to launch this thing into outer space. It has to unfold. It has to be positioned right. All the all the all the engineering has to work. All the communication has to work. And then there it is. And it's it's images nobody's ever seen before. I would be weeping like a baby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it definitely was an emotional sort of culmination of all of these decades of hard work. Like you said, it's um, it's a lot. And you know, yesterday was a whirlwind. But when I got home last night, I was like, "Whew, okay, I need to take a deep breath and just take it all in." It's been so much work, and what an awesome payoff. I mean, we have an absolutely spectacular telescope that's working even better than we expected are the images more better on par worse than you thought they would be they're better uh they are better than we thought there were several um sort of estimates that we made about the telescope how we thought the telescope itself was going to perform um and it's actually performing better than that so one example is we had an estimate of sort of the contamination on the mirrors uh, that we thought was going to going to happen in space, and it seems like from the calculations that the mirrors might be not a little less contaminated. Um, and then also the detectors themselves, the cameras that capture the light. Um, we had you know models that predicted how good we thought those would be, and it turns out they're a little bit better. Uh, so this is actually it's actually better than we thought. Hey, will you do me a favor for somebody who looks at those pictures? especially the one that came out Monday, and then we'll get into the ones, the new ones from yesterday. But for somebody, for somebody who sees that image on Monday and goes, listen, this is beautiful, but I don't know how I'm supposed to absorb that info. I don't know how I'm supposed to make that work in my head. How do you, how do you put that into perspective of what we saw? Yeah, so that, that first image that came out um, Monday night, it, it is. It's a lot to take in. But basically what's going on in this image in the deep field is almost every point of light you see in this image is a galaxy. So there are some stars. So the images you see that have the sort of spikes coming out of them are stars within our own galaxy or the Milky Way. Right. But aside from that, every single point of light you see is a galaxy. And so just to take you back to, you know, high school astronomy class, a galaxy is a collection of stars. So our Milky Way galaxy has hundreds of billions of stars. And each point of light you see in this image is itself a galaxy with hundreds of billions of stars. And this image also is tiny. It's about the size of a grain of sand held at arm's length. Right. So I think that the thing that I take away, the basic thing I take away from this image is it shows us how big the universe is. The universe is filled with probably a trillion galaxies, all of those galaxies with hundreds of billions of stars and trillions of planets. The universe is unimaginably huge, even to an astronomer like me that thinks about it every day. Does it ever end? (laughs) That's a good question. Is the universe infinite? (laughs) Uh, And we don't exactly know. Um, what What we are able to do with this new telescope is to push back in time and see further back in time than we ever have before. And we start to see an example of how that's going to be possible with this telescope, because in this specific image, you can see scattered across the whole image, little teeny tiny red dots. Right. And those tiny red dots 
are those distant galaxies. The light has been traveling to us for over 13 billion years to, to reach the telescope. So, and that's where, like, and I, so, like, when it starts getting into light years and billions of light years, that's where people, like Diane, kind of, uh, kind of fall off because it doesn't make sense. I heard somebody say you have to think of distance not as like, wow, look how far away it is. But when you look at these images, you have to look at distance as representing time. But it almost doesn't make sense when you look at some of those red dots where they talk about like these are these are billions and billions and billions of years away. Where if somebody turned on a light switch, it would take 13 billion years for that light to get to our eyes that they're, they're saying this goes back almost to the beginning of time. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, that's exactly how it works is that light takes time to travel. Um, and so because of that sort of basic fact of the universe, we're able to see things as they were in the past. So just, you know, close example, the sun, the light from the sun takes about eight minutes to reach the earth. So we're sort of seeing the sun as it was eight minutes ago. Right. And so you can think of objects further away and the light from those takes further to travel to us. And so that's how we're able to see back in time uh, with these telescopes. So, Dr. Amber, let me ask you this. I don't know how. Well, it's because you're Dr. Amber. Um, but when you were when I saw you on NASA TV yesterday, which, by the way, you were fantastic. They should use you for everything. You were great yesterday. <laughs> The uh, the you were talking about I'm going to mess the name up Karina Nebula. Uh huh. How beautiful is that? Oh, I know. Isn't it gorgeous? It really is. And I I'd never heard of Karina Nebula. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I, I I saw you talking about it and kind of walking through where I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like it it looks like big clouds out in the middle of space somewhere. That's not what it is. But it's like where stars are, like those little like regions are where stars are born and where stars die, right? Yeah, exactly right. And it actually is sort of like a cloud in space. It's a cloud of gas and dust mainly. So sort of like a cloud. But yeah, exactly right. It's where stars are being born. And we think that our own sun was born inside of a, you know, a sort of cloud of gas and dust like this, uh, you know, five billion years ago or so. And how did the, how far, like the, that Carina Nebula, how far away is that? So that uh, particular nebula is about 7,600 light years away. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's quote unquote nearby. It's within our Milky Way galaxy, but it's still, yeah, light from those stars has been traveling for 7,600 years. Um, so it's, I mean, that nebula today, right now, you know, probably doesn't look anything like that. It's, or it, it, similar, but it, it's changed, you know, because it's been a while. <laughs> so what? So can I ask you this? Oh, and then there was another one yesterday that showed it was. I, I think I'm, I'm going to have this wrong, but it looked like a bunch of jellyfish that were all kind of close to each other. I, 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 I think they're galaxies that are close to each other and kind of feeding off each other's energy. Yeah. Yeah, so that one's called Stefan's Quintet. And yeah, that's um, a grouping of five galaxies. Uh, and actually one of the five is in the foreground, but the other four are, are really close together um, in space and they're interacting. So this is one of the sort of fundamental processes in the universe. Galaxies merge together, crash together. Um, and we're seeing that happen in this image. And you can see the details. You can see that happening. Um, you can see the gas and the dust between the galaxies that are starting to interact. 
Um, the one at the very top of that particular image we know has a gigantic black hole at the center that is actively feeding on material, so it's very bright. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of fun stuff going on in this image, too. How big is it? Um, how big is that particular? The, so each each point of light, uh, each of the big points of light in that image is itself a galaxy, uh, sort of similar to our own. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, so so you can sort of think of those um, like similar to the Milky Way. Hold on, uh, Tyler. Tyler has a question. Yes, but uh, I think maybe what Elliot was asking isn't that image itself composed of a thousand images, and they said it's like a, a fifth of the moon's diameter. Right, right. So yeah, so some of these images are yeah, sort of composites that are are sort of stitched together, um, and we have to do that for for these particular images that are you know bigger than the field of view um, of the telescope. So yeah, that's that's a, a common sort of thing to do for these images. Hey, can I, so can I ask you this? A couple of things, and and I don't know if NASA has 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 said. Um, but I mean, you would know you're the head of NASA as far as I'm concerned, Dr. Amber. Um, <laughs> so what? So listen, these are beautiful to look at. And I know that there's a lot of people who who when they see them are left with this feeling of like, wow, we're really small and insignificant. But we're still we're better than anything else that's going on out there. So it doesn't make me feel that way. There's nothing else out there has got us running around. There's no other Dr. Amber out there. So it doesn't like when I look at it. Yes. Earth is, I can't, Earth has got to look, I I can't even imagine what Earth would, the size of Earth would be mixed in with all that. Nothing, you wouldn't be able to see it. But it doesn't make me feel insignificant. But what are we, like, what do we do with this? Like, where, what, okay, so we see these beautiful images. And from a scientist standpoint, I'm sure there's great stuff to study. But what do we do with this? Yeah, it's a great point. Um, I think a lot of people have that reaction of feeling sort of small in the the scale, you know, of the cosmos of everything that we see in these images. And people, people have different reactions to it. Um, You know, I'm an astronomer, so I'm filled with awe and wonder and curiosity when I see these types of images. Um, I think fundamental to the sort of human experience is we have this sort of drive, this human drive to explore, Sure, you know, to just, discover things about the world and there's lots of ways to do that but astronomy is one of those ways to do that to to figure out how our world works and one of the things i love about astronomy in particular and one of the things that sort of drove me to it is this this idea that you know the fundamental questions we ask in astronomy are more than just sort of arcane science questions they're questions that get to the heart of what it means to be a human being questions like where did we come from and how did we get here and are we alone? You know, those are questions that everybody asks in different ways. Can and you I answer any of those? Of course not. <laughs> um, no, uh, but these, these questions uh, or these, these pursuits that we have in astronomy help us get to those. You know, where did we come from? Well, we know we came from clouds. We, the planet, us humans, came from a cloud of dust and gas, much like is in the Carina Nebula. Right. Um, and how do we get here? Well, that's part of understanding how galaxies change over time and how our galaxy was able to produce a sun and a planet. Um, and are we alone, of course, is, <laughs> is a big one. You know, is, are there, is there other life out there? Uh, do you in think the there is? 
I mean, they, you, I mean, you, you study all this crap for a living. I, I, crap, I mean, in a nice way. Things. No, no, you know what I mean. <laughs> stuff. The, <laughs> no, no. But do you, I mean, like, you, you look at that and you're, you're seeing stuff that's, 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 that's billions of light years away. And this this never ending space that's out there. When you walk away from that as, 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 as an astronomer who's, who's, who's buried in NASA, do you walk away from that and go, oh yeah, there's, there's some, it, they may not walk and talk like we do or whatever, but there, there is life out there. I absolutely think there is. And let me just preface that by saying <laughs> we're not hiding anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't um, believe you are. I don't believe you are. Yeah. Um, some people do. Uh, but but so, so we haven't discovered it yet. But I think absolutely there's life out there. I think without a doubt, without a doubt, there's microbial life, even within our own solar system, little microbes. Um, we know that some of the moons in our outer solar system some of those moons with icy crust have liquid water underneath them. And we know here on Earth, anytime there's liquid water, there's life. And so I think there's microbes nearby in our solar system. Um, I think that we'll find those within the next 20 years, whenever we're able to send probes out to uh, the outer solar system to start to do some of that specific work. Now, you guys um, know, I you guys at NASA know that if, if there's the big announcement of we found life and it's something that looks like a sea monkey, you know everybody's <laughs> going to be pissed off. <laughs> That's a, that is probably not untrue. <laughs> um, so I don't know if there's – don't quote me as saying there's sea monkeys on Europa. But, you know, I think, <laughs> I think there's probably microbes. I think that – I think it's quite likely myself um, that there is, you know, evolved conscious life elsewhere in the universe. Right. Um, that's going to be really, really, really hard to find. Um, but I think just based on the scale of how big the universe is, I mean, there are, we now know statistically, we think that there are trillions of planets just in our Milky Way galaxy, trillions. And it seems so unlikely that our little Earth would be the only place right. where all of life could, could happen. Hey, last uh, last couple of things, and I know you uh, you got to get into NASA. Uh, number one, Doctor Amber, how often are we going to see images keep coming in? <laughs> so the great thing about the five images that were released yesterday, that was less than five days of time on the telescope. So every five days, we're going to be getting uh, this much and more. Um, so it's going to be just an absolute avalanche of data and beautiful images and scientific understanding that's going to be coming um, very soon. That's awesome. No, that's great. And then the other thing, I don't know, I don't, how old were you when you, when you started getting fascinated with astronomy? So I grew up in rural Arkansas, total middle of nowhere where there were no city lights. And I started getting, I started becoming fascinated with the sky when I was a kid, like elementary school age. Um, and I, you know, was asking my parents ridiculous questions about <laughs> how the universe works. So I really got into it as a young kid because I had a beautiful dark night sky that sort of prompted those questions. So it's, it's been a lifelong pursuit for me. When Dr. Amber was a little girl, though, did you ever think, I mean, forget that you're, you're a bigwig at NASA, but did Dr. <laughs> did little girl Dr. Amber ever think that she would see billions of years back in time? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> I guess I've, I've always had this curiosity, but I, I never imagined I would be able to work on, on a mission like this. That's so, this telescope is going to be so trans, 
transformational for astronomy and really for, for humanity. I really do believe that we're going to learn things that, um, that make us rethink our understanding of the universe. So yeah, it's, it's a dream come true to work on this decision. Yeah. No, I would imagine. And I'm sure that everybody over at NASA is here. I'm so proud of you. The, um, I, I say that it shouldn't even matter. You know what I mean? No, like there, this stuff is going all over the world. There's like world leaders and, 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 and other people who, who this matters so much more to than a stupid disc jockey. But I feel like because we've known you, I am, I'm so proud of you. I love it. Thanks so much. That means a lot. Um, this is, like I said, this is a telescope for the world. It's for everybody. And that's America. I, I, you know, I, lo- I look right. at I look at the telescope like I look at the moon. <laughs> it belongs to America. <laughs> it belongs to the world. But okay. I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Very good. Hey, Doctor Amber, it's awesome. I can't wait to see more photos. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 